get our Bibles ready, or not pads, our pens, and let's get ready for the Word of God. began learning the subject of spiritual, well not really began, but we picked it up as we are looking at offensive warfare and we made it clear that when it comes to offensive warfare, this involves us initiating or involving ourselves in combat against the enemy. And last week we began explaining how to have an effective offensive warfare or an effective battle against the enemy. And we started out by pointing out that for you to have an effective fight against the the enemy, you need to know your position. And we really brought it out from scripture where our position is. The Bible tells us that by virtue of us being believers, we are seated in the heavenly places. We sit in a place of authority. The Bible shows us that we've been given authority trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all, not some, all the powers of the enemy. So today I would like to go on further and explain another trait that will make you victorious and also effective in warfare. First Chronicles chapter number 12, verse 32. First Chronicles chapter number 12, and verse 32. La casa cariato. First Chronicles chapter number 12, verse 32. Alright. Bible says, And Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. 200 chiefs and all their kinsmen were under their command. So this scripture actually shows us about a tribe by the name of Issachar. The Bible shows us that this tribe, even though it had very little chiefs, it had something powerful concerning it. It says, and Issachar had understandings of the times. When you look at it in another version, perhaps KJV, let's see what it says. All right. It says, the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times 
to know what Israel ought to do. So this tribe of Issachar understood times and seasons. Amen and amen. This tribe of Issachar understood times and seasons. And then it goes on to show us that when they understood the times, they knew what Israel needed to do. This is to show you any person, any believer that can understand a time and a season, they will then know what to do. This also means any person that does not understand, that cannot discern a time or a season, then they will not know what to do. Glory to God. So understanding and being able to discern a season and a time will enable you to know what to do. So one of the traits that somebody needs to be effective in offensive warfare is that they need to be discerning. They need to be discerning. Why? Because by virtue of you knowing or being able to discern, you will know what to do. Discernment is a very powerful virtue. It propels you to make certain decisions in life. Do you know that you can discern that a certain season is coming into your life? You can discern that a certain season is leaving. You can discern that a certain season is perhaps amplifying or getting longer. I'll give you an example. When we come to natural laws or whatsoever, yeah, the natural elements, it is very easy for you to know that rain is here. What do you do? You look at the clouds. You are able to know. You are able to discern when you see the clouds and your friend says, come and meet me by the corner. You are able to know with how the clouds are looking, you are not going to go. Meaning you've discerned that these clouds are so heavy that rain is actually coming soon. In fact, farmers do even understand it. They understand not only the clouds, but even how the winds blow. They'll understand that, okay, ah, it's still far. Or they'll say, okay, with these winds, it's not yet coming. Glory to God. So we, we were actually trained naturally to discern certain seasons. When you get to a month like October, and you just step outside and look at the sun, you know that if you are not a pastor, you still you don't have to wear a jacket. You get my point? For us, we know. It's not like we do it on purpose. We know it's hot, but you just have to wear. Glory to God. So, naturally, you are able to discern the times. Naturally, you are able to discern the seasons. And from what you actually discern, you are able to make a decision out of it. But even in the realm of the spirit, we have to discern seasons. We have to discern seasons. We have to know that this is a season of this and this. This is a season where, okay, 
perhaps the Lord is propelling me or moving me to enter 30 days of prayer and fasting. It's a season. Sometimes there are certain seasons that people are exposed to where the Lord wants them to spend more time in prayer. A season. Glory to God. Everything. That's why the Bible tells us that everything is made beautiful in its time. So everything has a season. Whether it is uh, fighting, whether it is uh, certain accomplishment, whether it is marriage, everything, everything has its own season. Hallelujah. And so when your season comes and you are discerning, you will know what to do. But if your season comes and you are not discerning, you will not know what to do. Have you observed? It's very interesting that when the Lord Jesus Christ was born, the Bible tells us that there are wise men who are able to look at a star. And when they look at the star, they are able to discern that the Messiah is born. Was, were they the only ones who were seeing the star? No. So many others were looking at that star. And they just thought, ah, this is just a nice star. Maybe it's a shooting star. Let me make a wish. Even the Messiah is born. But a group of people were able to discern whilst others. So when they discerned, what did they do? Let's go and worship him. They knew what to do. Glory to God. In the same way, you have to be discerning as a believer. And I'm generalizing this because it will not only apply to all of you. But in the context of warfare, discernment is important. It will allow you to know what to do. When you discern that war is coming, you have to prepare yourself. When you discern that tough times are coming, there's a certain way you have to prepare yourself. And the Bible tells us, Issachar, even though not being a big tribe, one great quality they had is they were able to discern the times and seasons. You've got times and seasons in your hands. You go for light and darkness. Matthew 20, Matthew 13 verse 25. You don't need now look at this Matthew 13 verse 25 the Bible tells us but while men slept his enemy came and sowed tears amongst the wheat and he went his way Hi. this is a very sight this very sad sight to see imagine it says while men slept his enemy came and planted tears amongst the wings, and he went his way. Now, when you look at the scripture, while men slept, it doesn't, it may not necessarily mean physical sleeping, but it means being an alert, being unaware. So the Bible shows us when we are not discerning, when we are not alert. The enemy can take advantage to plant tears. 
in our wit. Our wit is our is 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 our effort. While men slept, and so this actually shows us, even when Jesus was narrating this, he was trying to show people you need to be alert, you need to be discerning. Because if you are not discerning, you will not know what to do, and the enemy will take advantage. Hallelujah. Notice you have authority. We talked about authority last week. Notice you have a gun. Notice you have the power. But if you can't discern, you will not use the gun. If you can't discern, you will not resist the enemy. That's why it's not enough for you to have the authority. It's not enough for you to have the power. You now need to be discerning. You now need to be aware of certain things in your life. Now, look at this. The enemy came and sowed tears amongst the wheat. If the farmer or the men were awake, do you think the enemy would have planted tears? Certainly not. Remember, that's why he said certain battles in life as a result of non-discernment. Certain things are not supposed to actually trouble your life if you are late. And that is why most of the time Jesus is teaching his disciples, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Be alert. Be discerning. It's a very important aspect. Now I'll tell you one thing. Every time the enemy discovers that you know something about you, he changes his battle plan. Do you hear that? Every time the enemy discovers that you know something about yourself, he changes his battle plan. I'll give you an example. Remember in Luke chapter number 4, the Bible shows us of how Jesus was tempted by the enemy. And Jesus really recognized this was the plot of Satan against you know, uh, the will of God. So every time Satan would say, turn this stone into bread, Jesus would answer with the word of God. He would say, man shall not leave my bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When the enemy, when, when Satan would say, try to jump, Jesus would resist him through the word of God. And then the Bible tells us, Satan left Jesus until another opportune time. Very interesting. Satan left Jesus until another opportune time. Later on, we see Jesus telling his disciples that I'm actually going to die, but don't worry, after three days, I will rise up. Suddenly, someone close to Jesus Christ, by the name of Peter, and says, God forbid, you're not going to the cross. And what did Jesus respond? He says, get behind me, Satan. Have you observed? Of course, Jesus was not speaking to Peter. As some of you, when you misuse that scripture a lot, someone says something, you call them, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> You're calling an individual Satan. But Jesus was very discerning that Peter did not speak from the inspiration of God. 
He was discerning that the utterance of Peter was not inspired by God. It was sponsored by Satan. But remember, the first time Jesus approached Satan, or rather Satan approached Jesus, he went directly. So when he knelt directly, what did he do? He changed his battle plan. He went indirectly and used someone that was closer to Jesus. So what am I trying to say? Sometimes Satan does know that mm, 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 Sister Mary knows about her authority. Sometimes he's very much aware that you know that you have authority. Such that, such that if you, Mary, was going to catch Satan, you're going to give him a very big beating. So what does he do? He changes his battle plan. He doesn't come to you directly. But now the way he will come to you is in a way that you need to discern that it's actually him. You have to discern that it's actually him. In short, he will only operate when you are asleep. Not physically, but spiritually, non-discerning. And you wonder, what is this? One day, I've shared this before. I remember after having my, my, my former favorite meal, I used to love rice and beans. That was my favorite meal. But that's not the case anymore. Yeah. So after having that meal, it took only about five minutes. I had a very bad stomach upset. Bad. And I wonder what's happening. It was so bad, excruciating pain. And guess what? I decided to nurse that pain that I had in my tummy. And I said this to myself, I said, ah, I'm sure it is obviously the beans that I've eaten. So I tried to justify that pain. Immediately, the Lord said, no, that's not it. I was shocked. It's not beans. <laughs> it's not beans. This is rebuke it. Guess what? Just when I was about to say in the name, before I said in the name, the pain went. So can you imagine? The enemy came a different way. He tried to disguise himself and tried to use beans as something that would you know, <laughs> make me think it's perhaps beans. But it was him. If I had not discerned, remember when you discern, you know what to do. If I had not discerned, I would have just sat. I would have just been oppressed. I would have just been affected by that pain. That's why it's very necessary to do what? To discern. Glory to God. There are certain things that we face in life. If we're not careful and if we don't really discern that it's the enemy, we will not, we will, we will definitely not react and we will definitely not make an action. 
So I'm explaining about this different battleground. He is aware that if you resist him, you will run away. He is aware that if Ora opens up her mouth and says, Iwe, 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 He's very much aware. Then it's going to be trouble for him. So what is he going to do? He changes his battle plan. And comes in a way so disguised that you need discernment to know this is the way of the end. Trust me. This is, <laughs> this is, this is what even happened in the beginning. The enemy's work is so disguised that when he works against your life, you will blame God instead of him. Imagine he's sponsoring sin in the Garden of Eden, and then a man names Adam because he said, it is my wife. The wife that you gave me God. <laughs> why are you blaming God? And why are you blaming the wife? Saints of God, if you ever get to a place in life where the devil is innocent, with certain things around you, then there's a problem. If you ever get to a place in life where God is the one you blame, and then the devil is the innocent one. Then there's a big problem. That may mean he has changed his battle plan and is working in disguise. And so discernment is key as a child of God. Hebrews chapter number 5, verse 14 teaches us that we have to get to learn. To be discerned. Look at this. The Bible says, For solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now look at these words. It says they have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. When we talk about senses, let's try to know about your natural senses, your five senses. Are you telling me your five senses can descend, can distinguish between good and evil? Think about it. Are you telling me your natural senses can discern between good and evil? I'll give you an example. Are you able to tell by smelling at you? Satanist. <laughs> You are able. You are able. Are you able to feel? No, I've, I've, I've just felt on my finger. That's it. This one. The satanist. You're not able. With your natural ears, nothing. This is to show you when the Bible talks about our senses being exercised to discern good and evil. So we about spiritual senses. And we have to reach to a place where we train our senses. Remember, it says by solid food. So meaning one of the things that actually train us to have spiritual senses or to sharpen our spiritual senses is the word of God. Trains us. Solid food. Solid food. It trains us to sharpen our senses. 
You see, the word of God is not just word. It's not just it's not just words written. The Bible, Jesus calls it, my words are spirit and they are life. <laughs> they are spirit and they are life. Meaning, if they are spirit, they will definitely affect your spiritual well-being. If they are life, they will sharpen something. They will. And so it's important for us to reach a place where we are so discerning that we are able to know between good and evil. And it's lovely that it says between good and evil. Our focus is not just to, our focus is not necessarily to know just what is evil. Some people I know they get so evil cautious. They just want to see satanists, they just want to see demons. But there's also another place where it's important to know what is good. Because when you know what is good, here is someone who comes to you. You may uh, here is someone who comes to you and say, I want to help you in prayer. Then you say, Oh, obviously in satanists, why is he asking to help me in prayer? And you push away divine help. Hallelujah. So it's also important <laughs> to be discerning because you will recognize what is good. You will recognize who should fight on your side, who should fight with you, who should fight for you. Discernment. Discernment. One prayer that I've been making for the past four to five years. And every time I cry out to the Lord and I say, Lord, sharpen my discernment. I make that prayer. I say, Lord, sharpen my discernment. May nothing miss me. May nothing, nothing miss me. I tell him that. Because I know how dangerous it is when things begin to miss us. It's very dangerous. And I say, Lord, may nothing miss me. May I know, may I be discerning that I may know what to do. Saints of God, this is a challenge to you. What was the last time you discerned the work of the enemy? Perhaps in your life or around you. Sometimes you think you've discerned, but you've just realized. When I say realized, after he's hit you, you know, ah, this was a thief. But you did not discern. You'll be shocked. So many years ago, I'm starting up, I'm growing in the faith, and then the Lord tells me, Pride is coming your way. What? So pride. Me. <laughs> Mr. Humble. And I, I, I really, I, I didn't understand. What did he mean? There was something that I had to deal with that was coming my way. And I thank God I discerned that. If I had not discerned it, trust me, once you meet pride, no one can convince you that you are proud. And that's why the only one that deals with you when you are pride is God. He resists the pride. <laughs> no one can convince you. I said, oh, all right, thank you. I began to take it. Years later, I'm praying, and in a vision, I see an enemy. I see an enemy 
Right? I see an enemy. And then suddenly, the Lord shows me and says, This one, this enemy, fight it. It wants to affect your calling. This is the time. I've not even, I've, I've not even started anything to do with church or whatsoever. But I was dealing with something that wanted to affect my calling. Years, years, years back, I had a dream of the Lord revealing something. And my dear friend, Pastor Daniel, also had a dream of the Lord revealing something. And guess what? We're both dealing with things that was intended to fight marriage.
parasites, the parasites, you will know exactly who you're fighting. And that's why the Bible says, never, never engage in warfare without counsel. So sometimes someone tells me, Pastor, there's, there's a spirit of, 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 of destruction that is fighting me. Then I said, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. Stay like that. Why? You need counsel. There are some of you, maybe if you, if, 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 you can actually agree with me. Some of you have once told me, I'm going on a fast. I want to deal with the enemy. I said, what are you going to do? No, I just want to go fasting and deal with the enemy. What did the Lord say? I don't know. Don't go on a fast. You don't go for war without counsel. Hallelujah. Even the kings of old, before they would go for counsel, do you know what they will do? They will go to the prophets. And they will ask, shall we go? If the prophet says no, just sit down. Yeah. Even so, him, he went for, he, was, he asked, should we go? Should we go? They told him, you are going to be beaten. He went ahead. That's the day so died. Never go for hell for counsel, or rather, never go for war without counsel. Sometimes you may have discerned that this is what is fighting you. The next thing you need to do is seek counsel. Remember, that's why it says purposes and plans are established by counsel, meaning you are the one to seek counsel. You, you, you are the one to seek counsel. What do I do next? How do I fight? Why? Because in counsel is where there is instruction. And where there is instruction is where you miss destruction. In council, that is where there is the instruction. That is why, look at the people that fought, especially in the Old Testament. They did it very differently. Today, imagine you are going for war against this strong army. The Lord tells you, start round in the city. That's council. You've got guns, but he's saying you stuck around in the city. Tomorrow, he's telling you, now I want press team in front. Get your harps. I want you to be moving. Start praising the Lord. Soldiers will go. That's the counsel he was giving. Sometimes you say, don't go and fight. Let me go there myself. Counsel. Hallelujah. So whenever your, your, your victory plan, saints of God, is wrapped up in counsel. That's why we teach you that the law of counsel supersedes the law of faith. What do we mean? Inasmuch as the Bible tells us that go and preach the gospel everywhere. You, you can say, no, I'm going to preach the gospel. But do you know that in the book of Acts, the Bible tells us, and the Holy Spirit forbade them go to Bohemia. So he gave them counsel. By, of course, by faith you can do certain things. But the Bible tells us in the multitude of counsel there is safety. You need to know what exactly to do. You need to know. You need to be guided. <laughs> now, someone can say, Okay, yeah, I understand. How about me who doesn't hear God? How about me 
does, does not know what to do. To correct that, in this place, everyone should hear what. The question should be, why don't you? It's a tough one, but yeah. The question is, why don't you hear him? But it's okay. I know it's a place of training. But if you cannot hear God, be close to someone who can hear God. That's why God says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Glory to God.
Sometimes we are judging ourselves when we can dance around like Bakata, Bakata. We started praying. Suddenly I received a word from the Lord. Discernment, counsel, ish. He says, Hold! That's not a man of blood. I'm not killing anyone. Thank me. Ah, thank you. And he says, Okay, we stop. Here's the direction. Let's thank the Lord. Let's just thank the Lord. Let's just thank the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. The bus has been recovered. Thank you, Jesus. It's been recovered. Oh, we glorify you. It's been recovered. It's been recovered. All right. Amen. That's all. Yes. Amen. We prayed around zero seven hours. At ten hours, the bus was recovered. Wow. Now, now ask me what happened. The bus, which had full tank fuel, these guys were going to run away and leave the country. Or not over immediately leave the province. They started driving. And then suddenly the bus stopped. They tried switching it on. It failed. They tried, it failed. It just stopped. They tried again, it failed. And you know what they did? They came out of the car, left the door open, they left it at Chelston. And they just went away. We took our driver. Our driver reached there, got into the car, started it, started it. <laughs> took it back to the car. You cannot go for war without counsel. Because your victory plan is found in counsel. It's found in counsel. And I'm not telling you stories that I heard somewhere else. This is the things that happen in our lives in my life. And there are so many things that we've recovered just like this. Not only bus. There are times we had cows which got, which got lost. We ended up recovering them in Chisamba. <laughs> yeah. The place of council is important. It is really important. I remember there's someone who gave a testimony here. That was that was Chawiz. He called me and he says, Oh God, Prophet, please pray for me. Our sister is lost. So they actually thought she was kidnapped. So I want to pray. And you, you, you see, the thing is that when someone presents a prayer point or a prayer request, it also brings certain thoughts in your head. Like, ah. But these guys, I how can they still wait? I'm going to use the anointing over my life to whip them wherever they are. So he's speaking to me, and immediately I'm having pictures in my head of people kidnapping her and taking her away. So I said, Ah, this is bad. We need to pray. The young man is panicking. He wants me to do something. So now, before I start praying, I see a little girl safe in the house. And I said, ah, how? What do you mean? She's been kidnapped. Then she said, then, then, then he says, ah, ah, no, I tell you, what do you mean she's lost? No, we've tried looking for her, we can't find her. I said, okay. And I said, for your sake, I will pray. But I know she is safe. 
justify care. I said, for your sake, I will pray. And I said, thank you, Lord, that she is safe. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I didn't want to do with any enemy. I knew what I saw. Thank you, Lord, that she is safe. Lord, give us peace. When I knew the one who needed peace was the one on the call. Lord, give us peace. We know she's okay. We know she's fine. In Jesus' name, amen. And I said, okay, call me soon. And he called me after five minutes. Ah, prophet. Ah, we found that she was just at home. <laughs> and I said, oh, no. No, ah, you said it actually. Ah, thank you so much. I said, no, may God reach the place. The place of counsel is really important. Do you know, I, 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 I just, <laughs> I can't do anything without God. I, I can't. How does the Bible say the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord? Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him. In what? Not some of your ways. All of your ways. And the Bible says, And He shall direct your path. The problem is that we are not acknowledging Him in all our ways. It's some of our ways we are acknowledging Him. That's why we are receiving counsel in education, but when it comes to the area of marriage, you don't acknowledge it. That's why you're stuck, you don't know. Is it the one made trying? You feel nothing is nothing. I can't see anything, you can't feel anything. Do you know why you can't feel anything? Because you moved before him. You moved before him. That's why I said there are certain there are certain there are certain feelings that you already have which are already a decision. I'll give you an example. When you're desperate, like for example, if you are desperate for certain money or for certain things, it's difficult for you to hear God. I want that money. I want that one. I want it. You're very desperate. Even when you try to ask the Lord, can I? You will not hear anything. Have you ever wondered? Sometimes you are so hungry, they've told you don't touch the boat. But you are too desperate. When you ask the Lord, Lord, who she understands, can I touch the boat? Nothing. You will not hear anything. Bad. Nothing. But guess what? <laughs> Satan is very glad to speak to you. And he'll speak to you in his voice, voice, quiet. <laughs> Get to pieces. Don't worry, you understand. And you say, hey, you see, Lord, you're very understanding. Yeah. Have you observed? I'll tell you one thing. That's why I said desperation always causes you to move. Have you observed that Israel moved from where they were to Egypt because they were hungry? At this time, it was, it was Joseph who was living in Egypt. He was an Israelite, but he was living in Egypt. How were the guys who were hungry? They knew that there was food in Egypt. What were they doing? They were going to Egypt. Desperation. And the whole team that moved to Egypt ended up becoming slaves there. Desperation will always cause you to move. So once you're desperate and you've already decided, 
You've already made the decision, and guess what? God respects the law of free will. He does. So here you are, you say, I'm hungry. The question should not have been, let me go get that. No. It should be first, Lord. May I? So the problem is that, but you have already thrown your arrows of love on someone. Pa, 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 pa. Thrown everything. Eh? Not that he stole your heart, you imparted your heart on him. And then you say, Dear Lord, guide me. Sorry, the law of free will. You've already walked in free will, not God's will. Sorry. I said, Lord, guide, guide me. The Bible says, acknowledge him. You know your ways. He will direct your path. After you've directed your own path, why do you want God's path? Yeah. I, 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 I thought I should emphasize on this place of counsel so that you don't get frustrated in life. So that you don't. I want to show you how David, who is a king, loved counsel. 2 Samuel 2, verse 1. If you have the NLT, please give it to me. 2 Samuel 2, verse 1. Look at this. It says, after this, David did what? Asked the Lord. Should I move back to one of the towns of Judah? In short, David was seeking counsel from the Lord. And guess what? The Bible says, God says, yes, the Lord replied. Then David asked, which town should I go to? <laughs> Have you noticed sometimes when it comes to counsel, the Lord will tell you, go here. But times you have to inquire from him. He says, should I go back? The Lord says, yes. Then he asks a specific question. Which one? He did not give the Lord options. Demonstration of Proverbs 3 verse 5. 
acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your path so even sometimes when you're going to the Lord when we're talking about spiritual warfare don't, don't give him a battle plan don't 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 force him to send his angels to assassinate certain enemies when he's not giving you that battle plan Lord let your angels let 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 the host of heaven who got guns come and fight the enemy that is fighting me get a battle plan what should you do we can learn much from David let me show you another thing that David did first Samuel 23 verse 2 this is after imagine Saul was pursuing David Saul was pursuing David and of course Saul wanted to kill David but of course David needed counsel okay this is first Samuel 23 verse okay now here's here's what David does it says David asked the Lord sense of God <laughs> We have to reach to a place. We, we can't do it on our own. We have to inquire. We need to ask. David asked the Lord, should I go and attack them? So what is happening is that there's a place named, named Keila. Right? There's a place there named Keila. That was attacked. Then David asked the Lord. He asked for counsel. Should I go and save Keila? The Bible says, yes. Go and save Keila. The Lord taught him. Very interesting. Very interesting. So David goes there and he saves Keila. But then he asks another question <laughs> to the Lord. A very interesting question. Verse 12 of the same of the same thing. So imagine David saves Keila. But it seems like he discerns something about Keila. And, and then the Bible said, and again David asked, will the leaders of Keilah betray me and my men to Saul? And the Lord replied, yes, they will betray me. Imagine you go and save a place, then they do it short us. But thank God, David asked. David asked, where I am here, is it safe? Will they betray me? He says, they will do you Judas. Next verse. So David and his men, about 600 of them, left Kila and began roaming the countryside. Word soon reached Saul that David had escaped, so he didn't go to Kila after all. Counsel will preserve you. It will preserve you. So this actually means at this moment God did not permit David to fight but he asked him to flee. There are certain battle strategies your winning is not in fighting but in fleeing. Ask Joseph. He didn't say ah so I do my mom. He didn't even have 
anything to start conversating with this woman and uh, he just said reba sande basakaya that was his victory plan he read thank god and he was preserved hallelujah let's look at david again First Samuel chapter number 30, verse 1. It's a nice book, Samuel, man. Yeah. <laughs> Three days later, David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziglag. They found that the Amalekites had made a raid into Negev and Ziglag. They had crushed Ziglag and burnt it's to the ground. Let me explain what happened here. When David went out, went for war, then the Amalekites went to their homes, went to their home base, and they burnt everything. Imagine the house of David. Go next. Next verse, right? They had carried off the women and children and everything else without killing anyone. Go ahead. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, uh -huh, they wept until they could not weep. They were so tired. Imagine their home base was attacked. It was attacked by the enemy. They destroyed everything, burned everything. They took their children and they took their wives. If you want to see a man cry, steal his wife. They took their wives. The Bible says all of them wept until they were tired of crying. I'm sure you know what it is to be tired of crying. There's that kind of crying. They beat you at 9 hours. You cry up to 15 hours. Then you're so tired because you know mom is coming at 17, 30. And so you say, wait, let me rest a bit. When she cried, when she comes, 17, 30, you resume your crying. Now men, imagine men cried. Yes, men cried too. They cried, they wept until they were tired of weeping. In short, they were overwhelmed. This was a tough situation for them. But I want to show you something that you must do after crying. It's okay to cry, by the way. Go ahead. David's two wives from Jezreel, Abigail, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, where Amalek's captured. Yes, go ahead. Go next. Uh -huh. Next verse. Again. Then David asked the Lord, hey, sense of God, imagine things have come to your place. They've stolen things. They've stolen things. And the first one you inquire of is the Lord. The first one you make a call to is not necessarily 911. It's the Lord. The Bible says, David asked the Lord. Should I chase after the band of raiders? If so, will I catch them? 
And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. That's one thing you need. Once you get that assurance from the Lord, that's what you need. That's, that's what you need. That's what you need. That's what you need. That's why we need a great relationship with God such that when God says, go, I am with you. That's the only thing you need. That's the only thing you need. You find people by your side, they are going to reject you. People are going to say, ah, you know what, I'm not, I'm not happy with Kuyela, let me leave her. People will leave you, people will say all sorts of things from you. But what should encourage you is the word of the Lord. Because when God is with you, who shall be against you? Nobody, nobody, nobody. That's what you need. You just need a word from the Lord. You just need counsel from the Lord. Even in your tough situations. Even in your tough situations. That's why in every situation that you face, first thing that you need, seek a word from God. Don't don't talk about don't 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 talk about how you've lost things. Don't talk about everything else. Nothing is going to change. Remember, he cried and cried and cried. Nothing changed. But he knew that you know what? After crying, I have to wipe my tears, kneel down and pray to the Lord and say, Lord, what should I do in this situation? He didn't blame the Lord and say, where were you whatsoever? No, 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 no. He says, Lord, what should I do? What should I do? And the Lord says, go. Go after them. Pursue them. You shall recover everything that was taken over from you. And the Bible shows us David and his men pursued the enemy. They pursued him. They caught the enemy. They overtook him. And that's what we need to win in life. We need counsel from the Lord. Counsel from the Lord. Have you wondered why? The Bible says you, you need the truth. It tells us it is that truth that will make you free. It is that truth that will make you win. It is that truth that you need. Because God knows that you need the truth. That's why he sent his spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom the Bible says he will guide you in all truth. In short, he will give you the plan that will always make you win in life. He will guide you in all truth. He will show you where to go. He will show you where to go. That's why the Bible says no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that God has planned for his children. But by his spirit, he reveals them. Reveals them. We have a well of counsel within us. We've got counsel made available to us by this, this precious Holy Spirit. There are times you may not have to initiate things on your own. Seek counsel from the Lord. Whatever you are going to do, whether you are ministering to someone, seek counsel. That is why even sometimes if I'm ministering to people, people can come in front. I'll just first walk around and pass around. I'm getting counsel. I'm getting counsel. And when I get a green light, I 
That's why you really need to be confident when someone such as me comes and says, the Lord today says he's going to change someone's life. Because he's revealed, he's given it. A word of counsel. He's, he's given it. He's given it. And when you hold on to that, that is enough for you. Yes, you are full of authority. But number two, you need to be discerning. And number two, number three, you need counsel. You need guidance from the Spirit. What should I do now? Some of you don't even know what is fighting you. You're not sure what is fighting you. Some of you say to yourself, I am cursed. The question is, who told you you are cursed? Did you perceive that? Did you see it from the Lord? Or it was just you being suspicious? 